Digital Marketing Radio, episode 234. What is FOMO marketing and why should you care? Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Hi, I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the show for in-house agency and entrepreneurial marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics and trends shared on this very show by today's modern marketing masters. Consumers get exposed to an enormous volume of content each and every day, but how do you cut through the noise and capture your target consumer's attention and persuade them to act before the opportunity passes them by? My guest today specialises in creating FOMO campaigns for her clients by helping to get hashtags to trend through her Facebook Live interviews, live tweets and countless other live content publishing strategies. She's a digital trainer, a live social media tr- uh, reporter and a FOMO creator. Welcome to DMR Making Sing. Woo! Hello! Hi, everybody. How are we? I don't think I've ever had a woo before, so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it reminds me of listening to uh, John Lee Dumas interviews. I think he asked his guest the first question, are you fired up? <laughs> That's too, uh, too American. Too and, you know, we've got to be pretty about it, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Like, glad to be woo. Yes, uh, yeah, you're being too American. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, um, we'll, we'll include a link to where you can find making in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. So, making, what is a formal creator? Well, I guess we should tell uh, the world uh, what FOMO means, which is the fear of missing out. And um, I've had people say to me before, making FOMO, I don't want FOMO, I want JOMO, the joy of missing out. But Do you, in a business sense, do you want clients missing out on your business? No, you don't. You want to generate that buzz and excitement and create content for your community, create content for the lurkers so that when they are ready to buy, there'll be that one Instagram post or that LinkedIn story or that tweet that will think, ah, okay, I need to buy from that particular person. So creating FOMO is really about creating real, raw, right now, live content um, for a book launch, a product launch, a service launch, a digital challenge, a conference. If you tick any of those boxes, then um, that's what a FOMO creator can do for you. Create content for the lurkers. I love lurkers. (laughs) Maybe not as much as buyers, but uh, so who needs a FOMO creator then? We all do. It doesn't matter whether you are a charity, an organization, a a business, a sole trader, a limited company, we all do. We all need a a FOMO creator. And FOMO um, is really about bridging the gap between social media and PR. So if you've got someone to do your social media for you or you're creating your own social media, brilliant, keep doing that. But FOMO is really the next step up, the next level up, um, which is creating that buzz and excitement. So does FOMO then just work for a one-off campaign or is this something that can raise the levels of enthusiasm for the long term? Yeah, I mean, if you've got, um, you know, seasons, then you can definitely create uh, varying levels of uh, FOMO. Uh, And so, you know, it doesn't matter whether you've got a membership or a a group coaching or, you know, you're uh, about to launch a book or about to launch a new service or new product. 
Um, it, it tends to be creating FOMOs for a particular thing. But, um, but you know, with some of my clients, for example, you know, they've been lurking on my stuff. Sometimes it just takes them a day to, to see my stuff and then they want to hire me. And then other times um, they haven't been ready to buy and they've been lurking on my stuff for 18 months. So as long as you can create that FOMO in waves um, for products or services that you do, um, that's absolutely possible. And does it work for any type of business? Are you talking about B2C, B2B, personal brand type businesses, um, any business? Or are there only certain types of businesses that, that, that it's really right for? You can create FOMO uh, for any type of business depending on the different platforms. So, I mean, I've created uh, FOMO on Twitter for conferences, but I've also created Twitter purely for webinars on LinkedIn. Um, I've created uh, FOMO uh, for Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and Twitter. <laughs> and I've also created a FOMO uh, for just Instagram. So um, it doesn't matter which platform you're on. It doesn't matter which industry you are in. Um, th there is a possibility for you to create FOMO for yourself or to hire someone to do that for you. I'm sure that you've seen plenty of brands attempt FOMO and not achieve FOMO. So maybe <laughs> what, what, what are some of the things that brands do at the moment, um, but they don't do well enough or they do badly and they need to improve? That's a great question. Oh my God, I love that, David. Thanks for asking that question. So um, we've all got the attention span of a gnat, haven't we? And we just want to sell, don't we? We just want to get to the dollars and cents and pounds. And we just want to go and say, buy my stuff. So people who are not playing the game and going straight for the sale are doing it badly. So, um, you know, no one will have uh, followed us on our business journey from the day that we start our business. Some people, some people may not have seen you uh, until today or yesterday. So you still need to go through that five-step plan to get people to create, you know, to eventually know, like, and trust you, and then you create FOMO for them. So branding, building relationships, showcasing that you are an authority in what you do. You know, you need to do all those bits before you get to creating FOMO. So a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you saw on uh, Twitter, there was an incredible um, hashtag um, campaign that was going on by, I think it was Weetabix, who was um, uh, um, suggesting a new breakfast um, idea of uh, baked beans on uh, Weetabix. I so think I saw that. I, I, the tweet did I did saw that? last week was by Burger King. I'm not sure if you saw that one. Oh, I missed that. Okay, um, well, you didn't want to see that one, but that's another story. All right, okay. <laughs> so so the uh, the big brands jumped on board and, um, and absolutely, you know, absolutely loved it. It was hilarious. So Tinder, for example, said, uh, you know, we'd probably swipe left on that one, which, you know, is, is getting caught up in mm. the game. But then there were other brands who were trying to sell their business, uh, you know, uh, with the hashtag. And that's not cool. You just get with the game. You just play with the British humor um, and people will see your, you know, see your tweet. And if they enjoy it, then they may be inquisitive enough to find out who you are, look at your other tweets and then follow you. So that's how you play the game. So, so too many people are trying to sell too quickly. Um, and if people don't know who you are, then they don't know as your brand, as a brand, they don't know if they like you, they don't know if they trust you and you've got to do all those bits, but it's absolutely possible to do all those bits within the space of a tweet or a LinkedIn post or an Instagram post or a story. 
I love it when other brands get involved with different brands' social media posts. I think then you know you've actually said something great or really enticing and worth a bit of conversation. Um, you you mentioned there five steps to get going, actually. You talked about branding, building relationships, building authority there as well. Um, what are the other two steps? And do, do, do you want to maybe go <laughs> into a little bit more depth about those steps? Because that sounds key. Yeah, so um, I, I mean, everything, absolutely everything starts with your brand. So my five-step um, my fe- five-step plan to FOMO actually is with those letters. So B for branding, uh, R is for relationship building. So uh, even commenting on other people's posts, that's the start of creating relationships with people. You know, I think a lot of businesses, they're too, um, they're too focused on pushing out their agenda without actually trying to comment on other people's posts and start building relationships uh, with people. A is for authority, so showcasing that you know what you're talking about, sharing those blogs, being as helpful as possible, getting involved in Twitter chats uh, or Facebook groups and and being relentlessly helpful, uh, as my friend John Asperian would say. Um, And then N is for notoriety. So basically, get famous. And how do you get famous? Well, you become your own PR agency. So um, getting your own PR is not just about being on TV, radio, national magazines, local magazines, local radio stations. You can definitely do all of that, and I've done all of that. But in addition to that, you can create your own PR, and that is by shouting with the world um, to the world about what you've done, how you've made an impact with your clients. You know, showcasing those testimonials. We've just got to be not be British about it and just shout from the rooftops about who we are. So one of my favorite phrases uh, is, um, "It isn't bragging if you can back it up." So I can tell people that I run, you know, that for my clients, I listen to their monthly webinars, I generate 50 tweets, and uh, I convert that into a LinkedIn post, which I send to my clients. I can also say that at um, in-person conferences, I tweet, my my personal best is 1,376 tweets, um, but I tweet on average 1,200 tweets for a conference, uh, and in person on average 548. And I can say that because I've got the stats to prove it. So be your own PR agency, notoriety. And the last thing is uh, direct communication. So when the timing is right, when it is ready for you to, then you can go to the DMs and start prospecting and build. And if you've built relationships with people, then you can say, shall we go into the DMs? Shall we arrange um, a StreamYard chat? Shall we arrange a Zoom chat or or whatever? But timing is absolutely key. So B-R-A-N-D. That's all you need for for your five steps to FOMO. Absolutely superb stuff. That's gold. I'm sure people will go back and listen to that section there. And so it sounds like a lot of work. How long do you have to prepare beforehand, actually, to create a really great FOMO campaign? Do you know, that's such a good question. Uh, It depends how much effort you want to put in. It depends what you're trying to sell. Um, It depends on your budget. So um, there have been campaigns that have been done uh, for my clients uh, where I've I've created FOMO for my clients in conjunction with a solid marketing campaign with Facebook ads on top of that. I've also done some um, campaigns where um, it's a lot of pre-FOMO in the lead up to an event but no Facebook ads at all, no advertising. So it's just all organic. So um, I think the biggest thing uh, one needs to look at is the time 
and the effort that you want to um, to put in as well as your budget as well. So if you can't afford a FOMO creator like myself, that's okay. You can learn um, and you can just talk about what people are going to expect from your from your book or your up and coming podcast or your up and coming um um launch you know your product or your service and then you know live FOMO so that's pre-FOMO the live FOMO is actually showcasing what people are doing during your challenge or your product or your service you know what they're going to receive a collection of um testimonials from past clients that kind of thing and then you've got your post FOMO which is in case you missed it this is what you missed out on superb pre-FOMO that sounds a bit rude I'm not sure about that but uh... (laughs) Where's your head at, David? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know what any marketers could ask, or at least any marketer's bosses could ask, is how do you measure the success of this? Because if you have a great um, organic or social media type campaign, it can be very difficult to measure success, especially if you don't have a direct call to action. Where do you bring in the direct call to action and what calls to actions works best and how do you actually measure the success of all of this yeah that another great question Uh, i mean it depends what your end goal is of course you know so you know one of my clients um they had um a five percent conversion um on um a combined facebook ads uh fomo campaign uh with emails and social media um and they managed to get uh 1200 people into the linkedin challenge and then uh, it was a, five, a free five-day challenge. And then on day three, she opened her cart for her LinkedIn program. And from the 1,200, she had a 5% conversion. So it was about 65 people who bought the program. And that was as a result of the value she brought to the attendees who came to the challenge. Um, the um, community building. So um, one of the other aspects of FEMO creating is my uh, pom-pom waving. Uh, so I encourage the attendees and, um, you know, I'm there to answer any questions as part of the challenge. So I embed myself as part of that. Um, and if they feel that they've got a lot of value from the person who created the challenge, then hopefully they will then buy. So that's an immediate conversion, you know, uh, from getting people to the challenge and then uh, buying. Um, and then conferences, of course, is, um, you know, the measure of success is how much people, you know, how many tickets are sold to the next event. So, um, you know, with uh, my first client, we sold 450 425 tickets for a conference that was held the following year another client we had 55 percent of the tickets sold within a week for um uh, for an event that was happening in four months time um and then we've got other clients who uh you know who've got a marker on getting people to the challenge you know so as a result of the FOMO that's been created and the social media posts and the um and the ads how many people are they getting uh, onto the challenge so we you almost need to work backwards you know what is your goal and how are you going to get there you know is it to uh, increase your subscriber list maybe is it to get people to buy tickets is it people to buy your program is it um to um you know increase your subscriber uh you you know subscribers on your youtube channel work from that goal in mind and then sort of work backwards and that's how you sort of create that FOMO strategy. Brilliant okay and one other thought you know obviously so much incredible content is created as part of this process is it possible then for brands to take this content and use it for the long term and republish in other places or 
is the content really ideally just suitable for live and for the launch of a particular brand or service? No, it's absolutely, um, you know, it's absolutely perfect for um, repurposing. So that's a marketing term. I just call it copy and paste, really, to be honest with you. So, you know, maybe two years ago, three years ago in marketing, we were expected to do different content from Twitter to LinkedIn to Instagram to Facebook. And now it's absolutely permissible to have that one piece of content and share it across different platforms but in different ways mm. so you know uh, so if you have had um, an event that you've just created FOMO for it is absolutely permissible for you to share that um, and uh, and reuse that content you know um, at the moment you know there's a lot of anniversaries that are happening oh this time last year when we were allowed to go out and play <laughs> over you know, a year the, ago the, now the, almost <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right over a year ago but you know people are using the content that they had from a year ago mm. you know so I was in San Diego at Social Media Marketing World, um, you know, and I've seen a lot of people who have been, you know, sharing that content, oh, this time last year, you know, we were allowed to hang out with each other, no masks and all the rest of it. Um, can't wait to do that again. So yeah, you can definitely, you know, um, share those memories. I mean, Facebook's awesome for that, isn't it? It shares, you know, what's happened. Yeah. You know, if you shared a lot of stuff in your personal timeline, it will show up uh, what you've done. It keeps so you addicted, I'm- yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you, you can share that and, you know, and share those wonderful memories and uh, with your colleagues and so on. Uh, I mean, time flies so quickly and at the same time stands still. But it's a great way for you to reconnect with people that, you you know, uh, that you've built relationships with that you may not have spoken to in a while, you know. Uh, so those anniversaries and milestones are a perfect way of, you know, sort of um, repurposing that content again. Well, let's segue to part two of our discussion. So it's now time to um, have a listen to Making's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So starting off with... Secret software. So Making, share a lesser known MarTech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important to you. Well... I feel extremely privileged that I've been selected to be one of the beta testers for Twitter Spaces. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got FOMO, David? I've got FOMO. Yeah, I've got Clubhouse, but I haven't got FOMO. I've got FOMO as well. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Twitter Spaces is basically like uh, Clubhouse, but way better. It's got a lot more functionality. And also you're not competing with the um, willy wavers or the peacockers. You love those terms, don't you? (laughs) I do. (laughs) Um, I think with with Clubhouse, I mean, I do have a room uh, every Friday at 11, bit of a plug there. Um, But um, in addition to that, I think in Clubhouse, you have to prove yourself. You're almost uh, building your community again. And, you know, you have to go into a lot of rooms and engage with people in order for people to get to know who you are. Now, if you've built your brand loud and proud enough already on the socials, people will already be talking about you in Clubhouse, which is great. On Twitter Spaces, you've already got a community. So people already know who you are. And even if you haven't used Twitter for a while, it's very easy for you to get back in and uh, reconnect with your community again. So you don't need to prove yourself because people already know who you are. People are already engaged with you. And so at the moment with Twitter Spaces, 
you can um, go into people's Twitter spaces and listen and be brought up as a speaker. Um, but very quickly, you'll get immediate immediate followings and so on. So um, I think that um, Twitter spaces, um, it's been getting very glitchy at the moment because people are clamoring onto it and they're getting FOMO as they're, you know, uh, as they're rolling it out to more and more people to uh, run their own spaces. But that's definitely one thing to watch out for. There's a lot of things in the pipeline and uh, in a very short space of time, they've made it available to Android users, which is fantastic. And Clubhouse, as far as I know, at the time of recording, still not quite available for Android users. No, yet. it's still available on iPhone, uh, just available on iPhone. And you can look and load it on iPad as well. But um, you actually need um, you know, a, t- a telephone number associated with that. A little bit more complicated to get it on there. But long story short, is it's not available on Android yet. I'm really looking forward to getting into Twitter spaces. Uh, you are certainly selling it to me as well. The, the reason... <laughs> why I particularly want to get into that. Obviously, I've got a bit more of a an existing community on Twitter, so that's appealing as well. Um, but also, I like the idea of bringing people into the conversation. And I love live streaming, I love producing podcasts as well, and that's what I can do at the same time. But I think it adds value to also bring people into the conversation. So my intention is, um, as part of this show, um, once we've perhaps had the first section zeroed in on one specific digital marketing tactic, is to bring one or two people in from the audience, ask their opinion as well, and then move on as well. And I think Twitter Spaces might be a nice way to do that, but we'll see. Absolutely. I think one, um, I can't remember the person who uh, came up with the term, but um, they they said that Twitter Spaces is is actually more like a round table as opposed to Clubhouse, where there is a definitive stage where you bring people up to the stage. Whereas in uh, in Twitter Spaces, you you know we're all having a conversation and it's in a safe space, and you know as I say, no willy waggling or pee hopping. So uh, so there's absolutely um, um, yeah, there's absolutely uh, when you get your Twitter Space, David, you know you'll be able to bring people up on a panel and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah it'll be great There's, I mean transcripts are available in a Twitter space uh, which is fantastic so wow. you've got the opportunity to then repurpose your content into a blog post if you wanted to yeah yeah so much so many exciting things yeah. and, and talk about engaging <laughs> with you know you, your audience I see that Perot uh, Zelezny's liked the live stream on Facebook Perot thank you very much hope you're doing well there but uh, let's move on from something that making currently uses um, to something, I, I, as, as in Twitter spaces, to something that uh, you're going to use. So that is next on the list. What's one marketing activity <laughs> or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? Do you know, um, I love Twitter. I love LinkedIn um, and Instagram is my third favorite platform. I haven't done a reel yet, an Instagram reels. I see a lot of people doing the sort of TikTok dance and the pointing this, that and the other. And I'm just trying to figure out a way of doing it slightly differently, but I'm enjoying everyone else using the reels, and uh, and so I've just got to figure it out. I've just got to figure out how to do it and how I'm going to do it differently. But uh, I love everyone else's uh, creative ways of using it. Yeah, you have to be careful, don't you, with social media? I mean, you, you, it's important to embrace it and experiment with it, but do things that are right for your target market and. Uh, can potentially fit into your existing content marketing mix as well because if you just play with it just for the fun of it and it's not any real use uh, over the long term financially to you then there's probably no point in doing it um i'll ask you in a in a minute about tiktok as well because that's a a question that uh, i actually begin the next section with but with regards to instagram you mentioned there as well i've never really 
truly embraced Instagram. Do you think that's a mistake? Yes. <laughs> You're a marketer, <laughs> oh, okay. David. Moving on to... No, so, listen, you, you can do everything. I, I mean, I've been using Clubhouse <laughs> a little bit and Clubhouse integrates very nicely with Instagram direct messages. And when I did Clubhouses, I got a few direct messages from Instagram and that, that seemed quite interesting. Yeah, so um, it's funny. When I went... Um, so a, a chap that I've admired for years, Neil Schaefer, mm-hmm. um, he... Yeah. Yeah, is the I've author of The Age of Influence. Neil, yeah. Yeah. Oh, am- amazing guy. And uh, I actually hung out with him at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, we went to a gig together and he said, you're doing some incredible stuff on Twitter um, and LinkedIn. Just just do Instagram. It's not going to go away. So I, out of respect for him, I decided to give Instagram a go. And, uh, and I love Instagram stories and I wish uh, Twitter fleets uh, is not was not as glitchy for me as mm. Instagram stories. So, um, so yeah. So I I do love uh, Instagram. Oh, let's move on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So use it wisely. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> TikTok or Twitter. Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn. LinkedIn. YouTube or podcast? <gasps> YouTube. Traffic or leads? Oh, gosh. Leads. <laughs> <laughs> Paid search or SEO? Oh. <laughs> SEO. Ads or influencers? Influencers. <laughs> Google ads or Facebook ads? <gasps> Google ads. Email or chat? chat <laughs> <laughs> martech stack or all in one platform i don't know what that means okay do, do you want lots of different marketing technologies doing all little different specialist activities or just just one one piece of software that try and does everything no the former okay lots of different things okay and yes. one-to-one or scale scale <laughs> <laughs> we got there <laughs> We've got a few more giggles than there, but we, but we got there, yes. Yeah, so. I love that game. <laughs> there, were, there were many answers that proved to be challenging. I think the initial one was YouTube or podcast. Um, was, that, was that a bit of a tough one? That was. Um, and um, in fact, it's funny because last year I got imposter syndrome and I was encouraged to do a podcast and I just thought I haven't got anything to offer and then I think I realized that the reason why I had imposter syndrome was because I thought oh I'm sure that I could be able I'd be able to incorporate video into audio as well but I just couldn't figure out how and then of course someone said well YouTube would strip out the audio ofs um but I'm not very technical <laughs> so, I just so I, did, I just didn't know how to do it <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so that's why I paused there. So, um, so YouTube strip out the audio, but hire someone to do that for me. There you go. I don't, I don't <laughs> love um, the phrase. I'm, a, I'm an audio dude, so I don't love stripping out the audio from YouTube simply because it's not the optimum quality audio. You, I mean, you, you, it's taken from an MP4. It's degraded a little bit, and it's right. probably not edited completely for a podcast. But that's just probably me being annoying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
no you just know your stuff and you know um it's you know it's okay to be techie geeky and be proud of you know what we all want to do the best that we can with the um with the tools that we have at the time don't we uh and we're always looking to improve um but once you've improved you don't really want to go back so i, I completely understand where you're coming from i'm sometimes good at pretending that i know my stuff but yeah <laughs> 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 but we all have to be at times <laughs> Let- yeah. Let's get on to the $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Well, we talked about a one-to-one scale and I'm um, I'm starting to outsource a bit more. So I'll probably outsource even more. Um, so can I split it into two? You can split it into two, two, but I'm going to ask you which one's more important. So kind of yes and kind of no. Right. Okay. So uh, so if I was to allow, uh, if I was allowed to split it, then I would split so that some of it would be to outsource some of the stuff that I really need to get done because um, FOMO is not going anywhere, um, and the other half would be to uh, get the FOMO Creator Academy uh, done. But if I was to choose one, oh golly outsource i think so that that will free up the time for me to be able to create the fomo creator academy there that answers your question right (laughs) it did it did well done i've got nothing more to say oh actually that's not quite true but (laughs) fomo creator academy sounds interesting so you're you're trying to train in people within organizations and agencies to become formal creators themselves? Absolutely. So I think that there is definitely a need and a calling for FOMO creators. And um, I've actually been um, encouraged to create the FOMO Creator Academy because they want to be taught how to uh, how to create FOMO. And so, you know, for those organizations who don't have the budget to hire myself, then they can at very least hire someone who's gone through my FOMO Creator Academy, who I approve who've done some tests and they've done all the um the education and all the rest of it um and uh, and they'll be able to do just as good a job as uh, as i will just not as many tweets or as many <laughs> linkedin posts but will still create an incredible uh, amount of fomo because they've gone through that uh, that program i think there's definitely a calling for it do you know i i was doing obviously some research on you earlier on i we've, we've we've met before we've talked before but it's good to research people as well and um, i was looking up your various social profiles and it was hard to find a definitive of domain name, a, a website to actually associate with you. But as you were talking about Formal Creator Academy there, I was um, I just actually typed in the, the URL, uh, the domain name formalcreator.com, and I'm pleased to see you own it. You've registered it. So that's wonderful. Well done. That's good. Thank you. It's funny because I I'm, I always like to do something a little bit different, and I rebelled. I decided I'm not going to have a website, even though ta- you know people say no, you should have a website. I thought no because everything that I do is on the socials. It's all there, uh, and so I thought I would um, not have a website. Um, but uh, I think I found out on the grapevine that I lost a couple of clients because I don't have a website. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I thought, oh, well, I better toe the line. And so I, that's why I've registered the domain. And uh, But I haven't really openly uh, come out with it because I don't want to collect email addresses. Because Sorry. I don't know what to do with it. Sorry for sharing it <laughs> with the world. <laughs> it's, it's okay. That's absolutely fine. No, um, but I do have someone who is um, actually helping me to... Uh, get it uh, branded and get some content on there so that I can do a big ta-da, here it is. <laughs> okay, well, it, <laughs> hopefully I haven't stopped you doing that. I'm sure I haven't stopped you doing that. No, but no. It, no, it, it, I'm, I'm really pleased that you've done that. I think it's good, even if you don't actually actively use the website to have the domain, to have that brand 
presence reserved. So you can use it in the future as well when you've done that. So that, that's great. And that'll take us up to... Magical Marketer. Who's an up-and-coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout-out to? What can we learn from them and where can we find them? So... um She's been doing some incredible stuff for her community and she's staying in her own lane, which I really admire because it's easy to get caught up with people who, uh, you know, who are doing some incredible stuff, but then you feel, oh no, comparisonitis, I'm not doing as much as this, that and the other. So I want to give a big shout out to Nikki Hutchison. Um, and, and she has group coaching programs. Uh, so she's actually got a digital challenge that's coming up. But unlike some digital challenges where they want to give so much value, you go into a place of overwhelm, she's helping you with one thing for every uh, for every day of her challenge, which I think is amazing. So, you know, we're all got, um, you know, a lot of things going on at the moment. Some of us are whole homeschooling, some of us are pet parenting, as well as uh, running our business. But if you can do that one thing to improve your marketing, then um, you need to follow Nikki Hutchison. Wonderful recommendation. You have been listening to Making the FOMO Creator, who in today's episode of Digital Marketing Radio shared some incredible tips. She shared her five steps to building FOMO, branding, building relationships, building authority, notoriety, direct communication, your secret software, Twitter spaces, next on the list, Instagram reels, your magical marketer, Nikki Hutchison there. All those links, all those resources will, of course, be in the show notes at uh, digitalmarketingradio.com when the website is actually finished, which will be very soon, or it'll definitely be <laughs> on the uh, YouTube show notes. Uh, so check out the YouTube channel, of course. Um, just search for Digital Marketing Radio on YouTube if you're not following us when we go live. It's fun to have people watching us live as well. May King, what's the best social platform for someone to follow you and say hi? Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> no, that's not a single answer, but I'll, I'll let you away with that. Just so. so, so. <laughs> 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 so the struggle was to answer the question, but no. <laughs> Just a little bit cheeky, that's all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we're a great guest. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I have been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts for B2B brands over at castingcred.com. If you want to watch the next episode live, please subscribe to Digital Marketing Radio on YouTube. I mentioned it already. And of course, um, you can listen to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, all those good places. Um, Tell a friend if you haven't done so already as well. It's, um, it's good to share. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com